Welcome to Field Notes by Ag Choice, a podcast series covering timely, relevant topics for Pennsylvania's agricultural and rural communities. Each episode will include an interview of an Ag Choice expert or one of our industry partners discussing information you need to know. I'm Rachel Sadizen, and with me today is Ryan Graham from Butler, Pennsylvania. Ryan and his wife, Roxanne, operate a crop farm and custom farming business. April 22nd is Earth Day, a day celebrated around the world, highlighting the importance of protecting our natural resources. Every day is Earth Day for a farmer. Farmers are the original environmentalists, and today Ryan will help us learn about stewardship practices that he uses on his farm to protect the land, air, and water for generations to come. Ryan, thanks for joining me today. Glad to be here. So, Ryan, let's first have you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your farm. We're, um, I guess, we're on the third generation now on our farm. Um, I spent um, 21 years, I can't believe it, into this business. I started custom work 20 years ago. And that was more to support me rather than the farm because the farm was originally dairy. We've moved from that into grain, hay and grain. Uh, We farm 1,500 acres of corn, soybeans, wheat, and hay. Custom work is mostly um, the planning. Um, That's just what I moved in towards. A little bit of rental equipment. My wife, Roxanne, she runs some planters, the baler, combine. And my father helps with planting the soybeans and most all the cover crops and a little bit with the hay. Farming is an ancient practice, but we've changed many farming methods over the years as we've learned more about how to be conscientious stewards of the land. Brian, let's talk about conservation practices you use on your farm. Explain to our listeners, which some might not be as familiar with farming, about those practices and how they improve soil quality and the environment. We started no-tilling 20, 27 years ago. It took me some math to figure that out, but that's what the number I came up with. For those that don't understand no-till, we do not plow. We do not turn the soil over. We will just take the planter in and plant directly into the crop that was there last year. We haven't owned a plow in 15 years. I believe that is a main conservation practice for erosion and other things. It more started out for us as a cost savings, but we we quickly turned to more in the soil conservation end of it. We did a little bit of cover crops back years ago. We didn't realize the benefits until recent. If a a cover crop is a, a plant a crop planted after our cash crop, we really want them to over winter, um, so we always have something green on the soil and keeping the soil protected. We have made some big strides, I think, in our soil health over the last five years doing this. We didn't, with the cover crops in the early years, we didn't understand the benefits, but I was fortunate enough to be asked to join the board of the Pennsylvania No-Till Alliance. And that was a real eye-opener for me on where I was and where I could go. They really taught me a lot. 
I thought I was doing pretty good, but boy, I was, I wasn't wrong, but I wasn't, maybe a little guidance was how it turned out to be, and the soil health that we have achieved in a few years of this practice and the conservation end of it has been unreal. I'm in a pause of soil health study three or study right now, seeing how our soil here is changing. I'm one of the I'm the furthest west one in Pennsylvania that is in row crop in this study. It's kinda of interesting there. Our goal is to be a hundred percent um planted in cover crops after harvest. And we've also eliminated almost all of our insecticides. <clears throat> I mean those are some that's a little bit of hot button with the the water and stuff like that. I mean in twenty twenty we only put insecticides on seventy five acres of fifteen hundred. So we we feel we're doing a pretty good job of only applying when we need those those kind of products. And that's that's where we're going. The the cover crops are gonna change. We're trying to do more multi species and figuring out what multi species will work in the in the fall. Some are multi species are pretty easy. It's I say they're pretty easy, they might not be to everybody, but um the multi species in the fall whenever you're dealing after corn and beans, that's that's a little bit of a, a fun one to play with to see what will survive. With that, Ryan, so what multi species are, are you looking at? I guess what have you typically used as a cover crop in the past and you know, what are you considering here? We've we've typically done the summertime will be a clover or um a five seven way blend from different companies that we'll use in the summer. We did a real interesting one here at on my own at my house. Um, I'm kind of surrounded by houses in western Pennsylvania. Now that's unfortunate the way it goes, but that's the way it is. So we had wheat planted here full season wheat. We harvested the wheat <clears throat> and for a trial I said I was not gonna spray it to uh plant my cover, so I planted some annual ryegrass and crimson clover and then the next day I came back in and planted sunflowers. And we were able to get that, the sunflowers harvested, and most of it survived through the winter, the clover and the ryegrass, and there was a little bit of wheat. But it was more just to make the neighborhood, give the neighborhood something to look at. And the the late fall stuff, we're dabbling with some clovers and some wheat, some rye. If we don't get it done in the fall, we'll plant oats in February. Um, just to get the biology started back up in the soil before we plant our, our row crops. And, uh, Ryan, when you were talking there about uh, improving of soil health and soil quality, I guess, um, you know, what, do you, what does that mean for you? You know, as a farmer, when you improve your soil health and quality, is it increased yields? You know, what is it that you see when you improve? When we get to soil health, improving the soil health, improves our organic matter, our water infiltration. It's not just, <clears throat> oh, it's healthier. Um, the more water we can hold, the better. The more we can get it in the ground, the better, because the less runoff. If we do have runoff, the healthier soils, the runoff will be clear, not murky from soil. 
we are typically a droughty area right where we're at. Um, some places are worse than us, that's for sure. Some places are better. But we typically go dry, you know, July, August. So the more our soil can hold, the healthier it is, the more our soil can hold in water, the better we can get through the dry spells. Um, we've seen that with the no-till. We can get, we can edge a few more bushels than the neighbors that plow with less stress on the crop. Next, Ryan, why do you personally feel it is important to implement practices that protect our natural resources? Protecting our natural resources should be everybody's goal, in my opinion. And you always say you want to leave it better for the next generation. My son is two. I think he's going to take over this whenever I'm done. I'm not sure. But he shows the interest, and I want him to have it better than I did. There's only so much land left, and the population of the world is growing. And we have to do it a better way. Our benefits, we use less less herbicides, less pesticides. We're trying to be as sustainable as we can with making a living at it. The biggest thing we see is we can't say that won't work here. We have to try it. We're looking at mechanical rollers for the crop, for the cover crops, so we can cut our herbicides even more and more selective on our variety selections, you know, to go back to some selective GMOs instead of a blanket program. Blanket programs don't work. You've got to be tailored to what the soil needs, what the your crop needs. So, Ryan, as we wrap up here today, what would you tell our listeners about how farmers care for the environment? This will be an interesting question because through the Pennsylvania No-Till Alliance, we have been big promoters of healthier soils, better water. And what some of our members have had the chance to do is they've went to Tangiers Island in Chesapeake and talk to the fishermen directly. They have thanked our members, our board members that have went, for everything that the farmers have done to help the Chesapeake get better. Regardless what you hear, these were first-hand knowledges that how much we are changing the bay. And if we can change the bay that much, we can change every watershed that much. And as farmers... We can grow a better crop with less harmful inputs. We will. Our inputs are not free or cheap, so we can't afford to overapply them. In the management practices, we try. Sometimes work, sometimes don't, but we have the goal in mind to be better for a better neighborhood, better watershed, better water. Well, Ryan, it has been a pleasure having you on today's podcast to learn about conservation practices on your farm, and we appreciate the work that you and really all farmers do every day to protect our resources for the future. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Listen to other episodes of Field Notes by Ag Choice posted at agchoice.com slash podcast.